All right, good morning, Redemption Church. As always, it's wonderful to be with you this Sunday morning. I'm here with Pastor Anthony, and we get to explore uh, week two of our Psalm 23 series. Um, I want to give you a quick update on uh, where we're at with reopening. If you missed last week, we gave a bit of a snapshot to it, but I wanted to continue to follow up with you each week to let you know where we're at. Not a ton of change since last Sunday. Uh, Where we're at this week and then the next two Sundays, the 7th and the 14th of June, will remain digital, uh, but we are encouraging and, and trying to get small groups of people at the church together over the next couple Sundays to just, you know, be together, have brunch, take communion, visit with one another, and take in the digital service together. So uh, we've got some groups forming. Uh, one, if you feel like you're in a position to host one of those groups, would you just let us know? You can email us with the link here at the bottom. If you feel like uh, you can host, but you want to be part of one of those, and you don't feel like there's a a redemption community you're plugged into, or a Bible study or a group that you feel uh, connected to, go ahead and let us know, and then we'll get you connected to one. So uh, again, that's for the 7th and the 14th. And so um, starting on the 21st, that's when we're starting to think through, will we transition to in-person live services? Uh, The real question then is, where will we do them? We're still waiting to hear from FUSD on if we'll have access to Coconino High School. Um, I'll be honest with you, my guess is we probably won't, uh, but if something changes, we're obviously going to let you know. Um, There's been some great churches out there that have offered spaces and things like that. And so I also put out a short video, two, three minutes long, that you can watch. Uh, We'll link to that as well so you can check out a little more details on what we're looking at. But that's where we're at, and that's kind of the, the direction we're going. Um, that said, today, Psalm uh, 23, we're looking at one and a half verses, the second part of three, uh, and then all of verse four. But I'd love for you to pray for us as we yeah. open, and then we'll jump into the text. Yeah, and at home, pray with us too. We really we know how this can feel not connected, but I think if we pray together and really ask the Lord to speak to us, it can... Help us to feel like we are together. So pray with me, if you will, at home. God, we love you. We're so thankful for you. We're thankful for this Psalm 23 and this picture of you as shepherd and host and uh, and friend even. And so as we dive into more of uh, your shepherd-likeness uh, and the ways that you do that, help us to see that. Help that to be real to us, God. Help us to be a church truly shepherded, by you. Help us to be a church that understands that you are with us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill me and Vince in this time and that the words that we speak would be what you'd want uh, our church to hear. God, we, we love you so much. We need you so much. Really speak to us today. Change our hearts. Uh, uh, shepherd us today, God. We, we love you and we need you. Amen. Amen. Um, if you weren't with us last Sunday, uh, we looked at kind of the first really two and a half verses, so moving into kind of the first part of three. Um, and, and really, this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me, right, like, and, and brings you to these places of, of rest and calm and really kind of culminating in this. He restores my soul. There's new life and, and vitality, which we just tried to press into Please take this seriously as like God inviting us into devotion, inviting us into rest, inviting us ultimately into himself. And so 
What does it look like for us to really take that seriously and devote time to that? And so really what we see in this transition from uh, halfway through three is this move into, yes, God causes us to rest and slow down, but he's very much involved in when we're on the move as well. Like yeah. so as, as life is happening, uh, both as we're walking along and just it's coming at us, like God is intimately involved yeah. with that. So let me read uh, the first part of this or the second part of verse three here. As we open up, it says this in Psalm 23, uh, verse 3b, says this, uh, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now, this is a packed verse. Yeah. Uh, there's like three even kind of large ideas we'll try and say succinctly. Uh, what's the first thing that jumps out to you? Yeah, so we're, we're even we're going to look at the what, the where, and even the why of, of this verse. But So let's look at this this what component of this verse and just what what's going on in this verse, what's happening in right. this verse. And I think what, you, what we see here is that God leads us. He leads us. And so... One thing I've really loved learning about God this year, and this is something maybe I've always known intuitively, but it's just been a little bit more obvious to me through seminary and different things, is we have a God who's transcendent in so many ways, and yet when he relates to us, he uses these these human uh, characteristics right. and these human mm, things right. that make sense to us as humans. And so one of the ways he, he's continuing to deepen in Psalm 23 this, this picture of a shepherd. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's deepening this picture of, of one who leads sheep. And so uh, in ancient Near East, the shepherds were different probably than shepherds today. But as I've looked at this, as I've studied this, as I've talked about with this with other pastors. With other shepherds. With other shepherds, of course. uh, uh, What I've noticed is basically like our picture of what a shepherd is, it it is what they were doing (laughs) in the ancient Near East. It was. You don't need to overcomplicate it. Yeah, you can even read just David's life as a shepherd. That's definitely what's going to be brought to bear on this and help us to see what a shepherd was like. It, this yeah. was someone that lived with his sheep. Right. This is someone that spent time with his sheep. This is someone that protected his sheep, cared for his sheep, right. led his sheep where they needed to go. And so, I, you know, there's the what of this verse is, is, is God leads us. Yeah. God shepherds yeah. us. God guides us. And I'm even just convicted of how much do I let God lead me yes. like a sheep? How much do I really press into this idea about God? I think very often I think of myself as like, I don't know, like a sheep dog or something, or like not quite like yeah. a, sh- a sheep that I am. Right. And and so I, I just I, I'm thankful that we have a God yeah. who's this sort of shepherd. I mean, I don't I don't even think that, and that's not a that's not just an Anthony thing. I feel like that's a very much a human reality. Yeah. I, I struggle with that too. Is there anything, and I'm, you know, a bit putting you on the spot, but just is there anything where, why is that? Like, what is this pushback against wanting to follow or wanting to have yeah. a leader over us? Yeah, I mean, I think in our culture, to be a sheep is an insult, so yeah, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's true, like, right? Yeah. That's already right, like a yeah. thing, you know? And then I think we've we take the analogy too far sometimes when we're reading scripture and we like try to, you know, apply it to too many things. Yeah. And, but, uh, yeah, I, you know the the human heart is rebellious. Rebellious, like we don't we don't want to be shepherded. We don't want God to uh, tell us mm-hmm. what to do and to protect us. And, yeah. Oh, maybe we want Him to protect us, but all these other components of leading and leading us into these paths of righteousness, uh, we want to think we can do it on our own. Right. You know, and even you know, I've heard right. I've heard Christians use this 
uh, you know, I'm a sheepdog or whatever type of a thing, you know, yeah, it feels more yeah. heroic. It feels right. more like, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy being a sheep because I think so often I just see that that is what I am. Right. Like in my, right. when I see my brokenness for what it is, when I see my weakness for what it is, right. uh, I, I, I need a shepherd. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that, that, that word, right. Weakness. It's not weakness. It's just a, it's actually an intentional realization of your our true identity, yeah. you know what I mean? Which Dependency, is, yeah, which we've been talking a lot about in this season. Yeah. We're, we are dependent creatures. That's what God right. is trying to constantly teach us. Yeah, and this, this psalm is a prime example of that. So that's the what. He's leading us. That's great. Second part of even this half part of this verse is the destination. So the, yeah. the what, now where? Like where is he leading yeah. us then? And he says, I'm leading you in paths of righteousness, which is just a... It's an interesting yeah. kind of thing. It's like, okay, hey, where, where are you taking me? I'm, I'm taking you down a path of righteousness. It's it's not necessarily the first place you would elect to go, yeah. you know, if you just get to pick, you know. And so it's trying to navigate this through the lens of David and the love that you brought up him being a shepherd. Like, and even when you'll talk about next week of just David goes from the shepherd and then now he's the king, which is was seen as the great host of the nation as yeah. well, right? So even to saying God fulfills these at greater levels... But just really thinking through David's story as he's writing yeah. this and everything that God's brought him through, he goes from that, sh- that place as a shepherd. He like sets the shepherd down, goes and defeats Goliath, right, by God's strength, and then kind of rapidly works himself up through the ranks till he's appointed king. His son tries to kill him. Yeah. He's hiding in a cave. You know, like there's just so many realities to David's life where I think he's seen these ups and downs and he's seen, I'm guessing so many points in his life where the destination for him was one of his own choosing. And I wonder how much of this was almost this repentant call of, but what he's, what God's really doing is even in the midst of my choosing, which at times led to calamity, he was leading me in passive righteousness, right? Like he was leading me towards a place of holiness, towards a place of right living, of right perspective. And it's, and it's through that, that movement of God, the, the context that God creates for him. And I think ultimately then for us, right? Yeah. Like this, the way that we can then sit as sheep with that posture and say, Hey, no, I, I'm going to trust in the destination that the yeah. Lord is giving me when everything in me wants to say, no, no, no. Yeah. Like I, I want to go here. Like this is where I want my life to land. This is where I want my career to land. This is where I want my love life to land. This is where yeah. it's insert your thing. He's like, no, no, the, the destination for the shepherd is passive righteousness. Yeah. You know, so, which I, you know, I think people react to that word in different ways, you know, like uh, <laughs> I think rightfully so a lot of really faithful people really care about that maybe almost overemphasize righteousness and how much we need righteousness and to pursue righteousness but I, I you know I get this growing sense that kind of the the better quality is just kind of like you know he yeah he's guiding me down a path but I don't know if it's a path to righteousness right, you know and right. so I'm even convicted by that too just God is leading us towards righteousness, and that's a good thing for us. For right. us to look like him and be righteous and change our ways uh, is, is good. Right, and, and knowing that the path itself is righteous, yeah. right? Like knowing that the very situation you yeah. find yourself in, it, it, is, a, it is the right place, yeah. you know? And, and that's going to get talked about more in yeah. four, but, so we, we digress a little bit. But yeah. what's the last part of this? Yeah, so kind of even we get a little bit of a why here. Like why, why does God do this? Why is he a shepherd a massive in this why. way? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. massive why. 
And he says, for his name's sake, which... A super why. Yeah, a, su- a super why. He's Vince That's is trying a kid's to get me reference right Yeah, because it's a reference. PBS show that, <laughs> about reading. It's fun. You should check it out, church. Um, but uh, so, yeah, just for his name's sake. So what's interesting about this psalm, if you look at it, especially in the Hebrew, it starts off with the Lord, which right. is the name Yahweh, God's <clears throat> name throughout the Old Testament. And then in the middle, you have this for his namesake. Right. And then at the end, Yahweh's mentioned again. And it's almost like God is all throughout this psalm. And yeah. in the middle right here, we're, we are reminded that the reason that God is doing the things he's doing and leading us the way he wants, us, wants to lead us is for his sake, for his namesake. Right. Uh, another way the Bible puts this, it's for his glory. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, this is another thing we, we kind of... It seems yeah. weird to us. Like, right, is right. is I've heard it said, like, is the God of the Bible a megalomaniac? This guy that just wants everybody to care yeah. about him and yeah. like him and, yeah. and all this kind of stuff and think he's right. great. And here's the thing. If the God of the Bible is who he says he is, yeah. he is the most glorious being. He's right. the, not, not just the most glorious being. He's the most glorious anything mm-hmm. in the universe. Yeah. And so because of that, church, when God says he's doing this for his name's sake, that the, the story he's writing, the way he's shepherding us through the world is for his name's sake, for his glory, that's actually good for us. Mm-hmm. It is good for us to live in to and toward that glory because the second we don't, we're living towards not the most glorious story. We're living towards right. not the most glorious thing. So God's not a megalomaniac. God is a loving, kind creator yeah. leading us into the truth of the universe, right. which is that he is worth all the glory. Yeah. He is worthy of all praise. He is, and so so the why of all this is yeah. for his name's sake. Yeah, and I think like the like this the what makes pride sinful, right? Yeah. Is is the fact you're ascribing glory oftentimes to ourselves where it's not due. Yeah. Right. So this isn't God God's proud in a sinful way. It's no, he is due that glory. Like yeah. it's that's where it's supposed to land. Yeah. That's where it's supposed to be. So I mean that and so it all just kind of falls that yeah. direction. And and I just I mean I, I love that. I think we have we have embedded ourselves in swim in such a culture of everything I do needs to come back to be about me or for me in some way. Yeah. So like even our benevolence oftentimes is like, yeah, I will, I'll be generous or I'll yeah. do this, but like, is it going to, like you often hear this, you know, you'll feel so good if you, yeah. if you give yeah. like, okay, yeah, that's not wrong. Like yeah. there is, I think like an inherent image of God in us, totally. but that becomes kind of the, the purpose, right. Or the yeah. reason that people are like, well, it just feels something like, yeah. no, that's that, that's just, it's, it's building your own kingdom. Yeah. Type A lot of, stuff. of the ways we want church or want to do church and live this stuff out. It's honestly a lot of times for, uh, for me or for my preference or for what I want. Right. And obviously you guys, we all, everybody in this church speaks against that and pushes against that. But yeah, yeah it's, it's to remind ourselves that this is for his name's sake. His name's so, sake. So first four, we're going to transition to first four here and verse four, what we're going to see is kind of delves deeper into this idea and it kind of throws like, I almost like a what? Like this, God can yeah. guide us in all these ways. <laughs> and also yeah. while all this kind of crazy stuff is going on. And so uh, I'm going to read verse four for us. It just says this. Uh, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, yeah. So I just 
Reflect on yeah. this for us. I mean, the first reflection that comes up for any millennial, I yeah. think, at least in your mid-30s, is going to be the movie Dangerous Minds with of Michelle course. Pfeiffer and then, of course, Coolio yes. singing Gangster's, the, Paradise. Gangster's Paradise. So And so uh, hopefully that's playing through all my other 30-somethings. For you teenagers... Don't listen. It's uh, yeah. I turn it off right after after the verses. Yeah, it's <laughs> just it's just the scripture part that we listen to. It's a great intro. Song. Yeah, I've been spending most of my life. I'm not doing it. So uh, so that being said, like that's the first reflection that I think pops in. But then the second one, thank goodness to the spirit, uh, is is this reality of like okay, like wait a minute yeah. here, you know, because what what David's doing, and I think with intentionality, is saying okay. I'm going to talk about the most difficult situation and say that he's present there. I trust him there. I want him to lead me there, which then necessitates every other moment that's not that, that isn't as extreme as that. I trust him to do that as well, right? So this is this truly then becomes a comforting psalm, a comforting devotion for literally anyone in any season at any point of life. Because he's saying, listen, even though I'm in the valley of death, right? Um, Which, again, this is one of those things where... If you read too many commentaries on it, yeah. they start like picking valleys totally. across the ancient Near East and like, well, maybe it was this valley and then the way the sun set, there yeah. was a giant tree. You're yeah. like, dude, like, no, like he, it's, it's, it's more to some get into like where there's darkness, where yeah. there's pain, where there's hurt, sin, trial, yeah. even then and God will be there. I even, I read today, even where this verse is, where this phrase is used in Hebrew throughout the Old Testament it's always a bad scenario. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, yeah, it's just right. it's the valley of the shadow of death. Like right. it's what it sounds like. It's just a right. bad scenario. So. Yeah, and it, and it's both. It's meant to denote the, the external realities of that, but then the the implicit internal realities thereof, kind of dark night of the soul. Yeah, that type of reality. So it's it's the it's the hey, there's going to be times in life, and David surely had experienced them. Uh, you can look at multiple stories. Uh, there was one that I really loved going back to, to 1 Samuel chapter 30, where David's, <laughs> David has to go and rescue his kids. And so like, there's just uh, his wives, I'm sorry. And so, uh, way to it, just throw like a wait, what? Why? I know, I know. Sorry, I mean, listen, <laughs> we can talk through that later. Perfect, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's just these moments where, uh, yes, externally, yeah. it seems like everything's about to go wrong. Yeah. Internally, there's real turmoil and pain. And I yeah. think, um, there are multiple realities to the complexity yeah. of our world today, the complexity of our lives today, where. I don't know if there's there's no one that I say could read this and say I I have no idea what this is. Yeah. Right? Like we've all had those times, we've had those places. Some of us are in them right now, and some of us will experience it three months from now, right? Yeah. A year from now. Like it, totally. we just live in that brokenness of the world. And so Psalm 23, the whole psalm as a as as coming together really is this microcosm of of the psalms in general and i think of the like life's experience of this okay god's going to comfort things are great i'm all in but then life can be also so difficult but the only constant both for david for the psalms and for our lives needs to be that in the midst of the valleys in the midst of whatever place we find ourselves in life god will be there yeah. right which leads us kind of to to that part, but yeah, I mean, I mean, let's just count, look at this Valley of the Shadow of Death a bit more too. I, I, I read from a theologian who studied this phrase and even this uh, psalm at length. 
he he's talking about kind of this genre and this word and this psalm in particular. And this he, is Rolf. His, yeah, this is Rolf, as you know. <laughs> so this is Rolf Jacobson, and uh, he he says this, and he he uses the word genre, but you could even just say thus the psalm. So thus the the genre teaches us that danger, evil, and crisis are a part of the life of faith. So. I mean, that's, yeah, that's heavy. That's yeah, heavy to hear. Yeah, yeah. So like, we like the first part of the, of the Psalm. We're like, okay, I like this gra- gra- like some green grass, mm-hmm. some great picnic areas. Like this is, um, I'll thank you for shepherding me here, God. But, but the Psalm also teaches us that for whatever reason that God's going for his namesake, actually, right, right. he will lead us through these valleys Yeah, there where there's brokenness, yep. where there's sin, right. where there's death. He's not the cause of those things. Uh, it's sin and human brokenness and even powers, demonic powers and things like that. But he's going to lead us through those places. He's not going to always lead us around those places. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he's going to lead us through those places. Yeah, he's going to lead us. Like, that's the thing is I think we often think, okay, I can get I can wrap my mind around. He will lead me and like be my shepherd in the midst of the valley. But I think like the the struggle is, but will he actually like as the shepherd, you think through the imagery, Will he be in front and take the flock yeah. into the valley? Yeah. And, and this is saying... It seems yeah. like it, yeah. Yeah. Now, and maybe it's a little different than that. We don't know with how... <laughs> you know, that's a, these are questions out of our pay grade to right, Jesus right, right, returns. Right. But, right. but uh, it's important to know that the, the psalm is saying that this is a part of the Christian life, though. Right. Regardless of the how and the why or whatever. But, like, it, this, this danger, evil, crisis, they're part of the Christian life. And so... I, I just think of Jesus as our, our shepherd and how much we need him for that and, and how amazing it is that Jesus would do this for us. I, if, you, if you're ever reading the, the Gospels, I, I encourage you guys to look at how Jesus reacts to the brokenness of the world. Look at how Jesus reacts to sin. Here's what's amazing about Jesus. He surrounds himself with sinful people. He came to heal the sick, he says, not not the healthy. Right. And what he really was getting at is everybody's sick. But even as you watch him in these different moments where he experiences brokenness and sees brokenness and sees how sin brings death or brings pain or brings some kind of a calamity, yeah. his reactions are always just heartbreak. He's he's sad. Yeah. He's also angry. Like he is he is just angry at sin a lot. He's angry at people's sin. He's angry at the, how sin has affected things. See, there's this deep anger that he has. And yet Jesus, our good shepherd, as we've already talked about yeah. uh, last week a bit, Jesus says, I'm still going to be with you there. Yeah. Even though I too hate this. Right. I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to lead you through that. And I, I don't know, that just yeah. comforted me a lot. It just made me feel loved and, and known and I cared for. Supposed I think it's supposed to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's supposed to because yeah. I think, those are the, I think in, those, in those places of life, we're at, that's where those questions of, God, where are you? Yeah. God, I, I'm not experiencing you. Um, you feel distant. Why is this happening to me? You know, yeah. why is this happening to my, fr- my friends and my family? Um, and, and to like... And to know that in the midst of that, that he's there. Yeah. You know, that's that good. It's not, he's not distant. Um, he's not far away. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, and church, this is like kind of a way to apply this verse is to go when this, when, when stuff feels heavy, when it feels like you're in the valley of, of the shadow of death, Jesus is there with you. That's confusing and yeah. that's difficult. Right. 
Uh, but there's a comfort in that too. Right. There's, there's, yeah, there's just a comfort in that. Well, I mean, that, that's, I mean, so that's what's so beautiful. If you look at the structure of then of, of Psalm 23 is, and again, you kind of talked about the kind of the inclusio of the yeah. Yahweh being yeah, on the yeah. front and end. And right there, smack dab in the middle, if you line it up rhythmically, the central part of Psalm 23 is you are with me, which oh, is yeah. just right, which was very intentional even within when you look at kind of ancient poetry, David kind of coming in with this structure to say at the center of this bookended by God, God yeah. right, bookended by my father. Um, it is the fact that God himself, that Yahweh is not just on the outsides kind of uh, controlling the context sovereignly, the environment, the realities, but he's actually right there in the midst. And that being it, because I think that's the reality. I think sometimes people, we get into the difficulties of life. We get into the the evils and the hard parts of this world. And then we try and like we try and limit how bad the world is or how bad our experience is mm, yeah, instead totally. of realizing, no, like what, what David's saying is it is that evil. Yeah. It is that broken. It is that scary. Yeah. I am that uncomfortable and saying, no, that is my real feelings. Yeah. Those, that is my real experience. I don't need to hide it. It's just in the midst of the evil, in the midst of the uncomfortability that, that God is with me, yeah. you know, which is, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. so, that we're, so we, we should lean into that reality. That's what you're saying instead of yeah. kind of maybe chase comfort or maybe chase uh, this kind of this, these bad ideas we get where we're like, well, God's not really here with me. If bad things are happening or if I'm in this difficult situation, God is saying, no, I'm with you there yeah. no matter what. And we need to press into that. And that helps us live it out. Yes. Better helps us understand, like helps us to be closer yeah. to him, know him more. Yeah, that's good. Well, I think I think some of the language, so when you get into where where does the comfort come, right? It comes from the shepherd being there, yeah. and then what is it? The rod and this and the staff. But yeah. it's not just a random rod and staff. Yeah. It's it's God's rod, it's God's staff, yeah. saying like, no, it is, it is your rod and staff that give me comfort. And I think if we carry the metaphor into kind of our present world, what we, we would generally say is, I think we replace the rod and staff a bit, right? So yeah. if you think through the shepherd imagery, he would have these two sticks, a rod would be something he would use to beat away the enemy animals that would come and try and kill sheep. Yeah. The staff would be used like to help shepherd and lead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this would be to direct and to and to shepherd, to yeah. move the, the sheep along. And so um, what I think we've done is we've managed to replace those two things as if like the rod and the staff are what we need. Yeah. When it's like, no, it's the object, it's the one who holds and wields those things. Yeah. That's the best. And so I think what we do is we replace those with, okay, security, money, yeah. uh, status. Uh, I'm going to eat perfectly healthy, you know, whatever those things that are like, this yeah. is what's going to give me comfort. And this is I've done everything I can. Yeah. When so much of the Psalm is like, you no, know, Sit and rest, little sheep. Like yeah. I'm with you. You're going and through that's, this. That's what's going to be. It. Yeah, just go through this. Right. You know, I'm going to be there with you in it. Like, right. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And so I think that. So again, that's what we've been trying to do. I think with Psalm 23 is it, it, we're getting a little teachy, but really the the emphasis will be: please sit with this scripture this week and meditate and rest and yeah. read and read again and pray and read some more and pray some more and. And allow these things that, like, it's such a famous psalm. Don't let it just be this stuff. I, I could, I've heard it and I've said it, but really to sit and, like, oh my gosh, yeah. like he is, he's present with you know. And so yeah. to really sit in that. Um, 
what we see in this, this great moment in Ezekiel 34, this is a scripture we'd like to read for you guys this morning. Uh, this is God himself talking about how he longs to be the shepherd of his people. Oh, wow. And Israel was constantly in this uh, back and forth with like they wanted him and didn't want him, yeah. if you're familiar with the Old Testament story. But here's him just saying like, no, I, I want to become this. And, and, and here's what this looks like. So Ezekiel 34, starting in verse 11 says this, for thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they've been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. And what's so crazy about, like, so Ezekiel 34, it's it's said by God in contrast to false shepherds that they had been following. That yeah. was some of their fault, some of the fault of the false leadership of Israel at the yeah. time. But what was happening was there were there were false shepherds that existed that were leading the people in wrong directions. Yeah. And, and God was like, I'm going to come in. I'm going to be your shepherd. You see the same language in David's psalm. Yeah. God's going to make us lie down. He's going to come and bring us to pasture. He's there to, to be that God for us in all stretches of life. And so it's not just this random psalm, this random song right, yeah. that David sings. It's literally from the mouth of God yeah. declaring to his people, I just want to shepherd you. Let me shepherd you. Like, and all the ways you've been shepherded wrongly, like, I want to be the right and perfect and good shepherd. Yeah. Man, that's, yeah, that's good. I, I mean, I, I'm thankful for the Lord, <laughs> just that he is faithful um, in that way. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the connection for us, too, like, as we're trying to make this more devotional, too, is just to th- reflect on Jesus and, and, and what he says in light of all this and how right. he carries this theme of shepherding. And we've, we've mentioned it already, but we'll mention it again. Jesus, he claims to be our great shepherd. John, John 10, 14 says this really quickly. I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus talking. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And I've just been really just trying to think through this idea, this Jesus who, who we've all gotten to know. He's our shepherd, and he's guiding us, and he's the, the shepherd of Psalm 23. Right. He's the shepherd in Ezekiel. He is Yahweh in the flesh. He is, right. he, he, he is our, our, our shepherd. He, and, he calls out, right? Like he yeah. calls out in when Matthew 4. Is that, uh, man, I, I should have looked it up, but right where he says, like, yeah. they, they looked like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's, it's, I think it's Mark 5. Mark 5, where he calls out before he feeds them, yeah. right? Which And you just see the con- the comparisons between those texts, but in Mark 5, he takes on that same language. Yeah. I see these people that are sheep without a shepherd. I want to be their yeah, shepherd. Yeah, he's wells up yeah. in compassion. Right. This is like an emotional moment for Jesus. He's out in the crowds, and he, he sees the crowds, like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. Uh, in church, if I'm honest, I think some of us need to really like 
imagine ourselves as those sheep and imagine what that looks like. One thing I've noticed in our society is it's often easier for us to empathize and weep over animals' pain. I don't know why that is. It's just something kind of common. Yeah. I think maybe there's... Like a, in a movie, if a dog yeah, dies yeah, versus yeah, like... You know, a, maybe there's like being, an innocent, yeah. that the innocence that the animal has or whatever that, right. we, that we see. But, uh, you know, I, I want some of you guys to think about that. Like a sheep without a shepherd just straying away farther and farther from the flock to where he's just lost and days and weeks have gone by and storms come. And like some of you, that's your, that's your story right now. Like you are a sheep without a shepherd and Jesus is calling out to you and he's saying, please just let me be your shepherd. I just want to be your shepherd. I just love you. Come back. And, and church, some of us need to sit in that and just see that Jesus is our great shepherd and he went to great lengths coming to earth, incarnating in the flesh, speaking truth, showing us his holiness, taking on the, the, the valley of the shadow of death himself right. on the cross, right. resurrecting, defeating the valley of the shadow of death so that we could have pleasures at his right hand forevermore. Mm-hmm. Uh, other, other psalm in imagery there. And so church, Jesus is our shepherd and we need to we, we need to see that. We need to embrace that. We need to submit to that. We need to be blessed by that. We need to be encouraged by that. Uh, and, and some of us yeah. have some repenting to do because we've, gone, we've lived too long like, like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus, instead of just being mad at us, he has compassion. He wells up compassion. He just wants us to come back. Right. It, it feels like at times... Uh, it, it feels like we, we've he, we've taken him from being like the good shepherd, right? He's just like another good sheep, you know, in that sense. Yeah. Like we kind of just say like, ah, you're my buddy. Yeah, or You totally. know what I mean? Like, okay, like he's this add-on to life that just makes the experience of life better, like a, a best friend, you yeah, know? Yeah, totally. It's like, no, but you need to submit to him and his leadership and, and because he is the good shepherd, you know, yeah. he is the fulfillment of all things that the shepherd's supposed to be, uh, and, and the way that he wields the rod, and the way he wields the, the wields the staff yeah. are, are good for us, right? Like the way he speaks life and truth, the way that when we begin to stray, he guides us back with his staff. The way that when when things that we feel are like right that we chase after, that God clearly sees as an enemy like something that is going to destroy yeah. and devour the Christian, he's beating it away while we're like we're holding yeah. on to it, right? Like we're like, no, God, like don't beat it. I need this yeah. wealth. I need this whatever right person. Is, yeah. I need whatever it may be. And you just get this, the shepherd's like, stop, like let it go. Let me do me, you know, and the peace and the love that come from that. So yeah. um, I think then like what you're saying, I think some of this is, well, really all this, our whole desire is really to move us um, to a place of quiet and devotion and, uh, and and pursuing this in a way that allows the Spirit of God to, I think, minister to our hearts. Yeah. So so that's our hope with the text today. Um, Anthony will be back with us uh, wrapping up Psalm 23. Uh, and then we've got a, uh, a pretty neat series just to give you a kind of a foreshadow now of where we're going, which is going to be uh, the women who loved Jesus and what we can learn from them. Um, we'll probably come up with like a catchier title and that be the subtitle, just knowing uh, my, my mind and the megachurch ways that Anthony thinks <laughs> I have. But, um, but that's kind of where we're going after that. But in the meantime, let's not just 
let's not just take this. Hey, we talked about Psalm 23. Yeah. So great. Don't Please let, slow down. Don't let this be cliche. You know, my dad, like I've said this before, but my dad every night would come into mm-hmm. our rooms and, and, and recite the Psalm to us. And it, it caused me to tear up because I'm just thankful for his faithfulness and love to give me this picture of God and his, his, his ways and church. Let's not let this be cliche just because we've heard it a lot of times. Amen. Let me pray for us. Yeah. God, we do thank you. We thank you for that. Thank you for Alan G. And uh, God, we thank you for the word of God. Um, God, I thank you that you are present with us in this very moment. God, that you're present with us as we are watching this service. Um, God, as we will go about our days, as we will sing in response. And then God, as we will return to jobs or school or whatever Monday has for us, God, that you are the shepherd that is constantly there amongst any trial and amongst any joy of life you are present. Lord, we are a stubborn bunch. I am a stubborn person, Lord. Holy Spirit, I plead with you, along with my brother Anthony, God, that you would lead us and and loosen our hands off of these other shepherds, these other things we would want to hold on to. And will we just have, God, the trust, the faith, and the courage, God, to let go, to listen to you, and to follow. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, God bless. Enjoy uh, the rest of service. Anthony will now lead us in a time of response.